The Soccer Gambling Podcast is presented by Winbet. Winbet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to in-game odds in every major sport, Winbet has what you need to win. Sign up today, bet $100, and get a $100 free bet at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. State restrictions do apply. Marshall holding off Tarkovsky and finding Rashford. Anthony in the centre. Bruno Fernandes is joining in too. Rashford going on the outside. And sliding in was Anthony. Just past the three-minute mark. And the Brazilian has his fourth Manchester United goal. And the hosts have the lead. Manchester United 1, Everton 0. Damari Gray. What an effort that was. Off the post, off De Gea. Floated back in by Gray. Tarkovsky's header. Varane at full stretch. Casemiro's clearance. Been held off there. Mope. Oh, and it's gone in. It's Connor Cody with an extraordinary equaliser for Everton. But in their current circumstances, they'll take anything. De Gea wondering how on earth that has gone over the line. It goes through the legs of David De Gea at his near post as Mope gets it across, and it just fell to Connor Cody. Manchester United won, Everton won. Given away by Anana. What an open cut tie we've got. Rashford. He knows he's got Martial in support. Brilliant from Pickford. Excellent goalkeeping. That challenge by Dallas. Here's Eriksen on that left foot. Just a fraction too high. Now Rashford taking on Coleman. Going past him as well. Own goal. Connor Cody, who scored at that very end for Everton in the first half, has put through his own net in exactly the same goal. Six and a half minutes into the second half. Erickson Square. To Fernandez. Decent try. Didn't fool Pickford. Calvert Lewin. Into Gray. Who's found Coleman? Back to Gray. Two up with him here for Damari Gray. Round Malassia. Oh, and it just hit Dominic Calvert-Lewin. Is Damari Gray onside, though? Darren England signals he's had the message from Stuart Atwell in VAR. Fernandez into Garnacho. Rashford's at the back post here. Garnacho. It's going to be a penalty. Godfrey came in from behind. Marcus Rashford has the opportunity to score and seal Manchester United's place. Which, after a stutter, he calmly does. His rich fame of form continues. 13 for the season now. You are listening to Bet MEFC here on the Soccer Gambling Podcast. You can follow Bet MEFC on Twitter at BetMFC, that's at BetMFC. You can follow the Soccer Gambling Podcast as well. It's at SGP Soccer. That's at SGP Soccer. You can follow the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. They are at the SGP Network. 
That's at the SGP Network. And finally, you can follow me on Twitter as well. I am at LockBetting.com. That's at LockBetting.com. That is the Twitter account for LockBetting.com, the premium pay service that has delivered 115 months in a row of transparent track profit. The pin suite on the at LockBetting.com Twitter account is always the PL from the previous month. And at the moment, you can see the month of December. A lot of people ask me about this spreadsheet. It is now up and it does feature all of the World Cup futures. We absolutely destroyed the World Cup, particularly with our futures picks where we picked the winner and the golden boot winner and the golden ball winner. And it was a very successful tournament. And you can see all of those futures plays and all the plays for the month of December by looking at that pin tweet at LockBetting.com, the Twitter account. And uh, that was the month that delivered 115 months in a row of transparent trap profit. So moving on with this edition of Bet MUFC, as I told you at the weekend on the EPL show, we'll be covering all of the Carabao Cup games, all of the quarterfinal ties. This is because Manchester United have somewhat of an underwhelming tie against Charlton and I fully expect them to qualify, although one interesting twist has occurred. The Premier League have made Manchester United schedule in a fixture between the weekend Manchester derby against Manchester City and the key game against Arsenal the weekend after. So Man United really would have wanted to play the Manchester derby and then fully prepare for Arsenal because these two games can determine as to whether Man United are changing for the top four or whether they can make a serious um, run for the league title. But now we have another game sandwiched in between those two games. It was the game that was cancelled when the Queen died. So that does really put a spanner in the works and it makes you wonder how many players will Manchester United rest for this game because obviously when you're looking at our next four games, the home game against Charlton is the easiest and at some point these players are going to need to rest. Marcus Rashford can't play all four games and neither can a lot of the other players. So it'd be interesting to see if we rotate heavily for this game. Do we rotate as well for the Palace game? It's a very, very interesting time but it's not been very helpful from the EPL and uh, I expect a very, very altered Man United lineup tomorrow despite the fact this is a quarter-final with the opportunity to get through to the semi-final of the EFL Cup, the Carabao Cup. So before we look at that, let me just make some comments about the game against Everton. Marcus Rashford was absolutely unplayable. I was at the game and Marcus Rashford got two assists and a goal and while there were good performances all across the park, it is becoming evident that Marcus Rashford could be a player who elevates himself into the world elite. By contrast, David De Gea, who at the moment is negotiating a contract, looks like he could be on the way out of his club unless he takes a significant pay cut. And even if he does, he could be the second choice goalkeeper next season. And the mistake against Everton done him no favours because that's his weakness. He's seen as a goalkeeper that can't play out from the back. A, a sweeper keeper is what everybody wants at the moment, especially Eric Ten Hag. Uh, we already knew that before he took over, but David De Gea has seemingly impressed him with his performances and his shot-stopping ability. But that kind of mistake won't help. So it'll be interesting to see what we do in the goalkeeping department. Also be interesting to see what we do with Marcus Rashford because David De Gea is in this situation where he's going to have to take a pay cut of around 150 grand a week. 
Marcus Rashford's going to have to take an even bigger pay cut to stay with Man United at a time where he's reached his absolute peak. Now, I know we've, un- we've, uh, we've gone on to extend that contract for a year, but if Marcus Rashford continues to play like this, Man United cannot put themselves in a position where they let him go in a free because they don't want to play anyone, pay anyone more than 200 grand a week with this new salary cap that's coming in that's been agreed by the chairman and by Eric Ten Hag. It's very, very interesting to see if other clubs follow suit because obviously the wages in football are getting out of hand. But I don't think this is going to help Manchester United compete with the other teams in the EPL and all across Europe by introducing this salary cap moving forward. It doesn't allow us to attract the big names that we want to sign. If you're looking at the bidding wars that could occur for the big name players that are going to become available, if you're looking for the next Erling Haaland, if you're looking to be in a market for Jude Bellingham, if Kylian Mbappe wanted to play in England, Man United are taking themselves out of that equation because Newcastle or Manchester City won't be hesitant to pay those wages. This is a similar situation that that faces Tottenham because Tottenham as well have themselves a salary cap. I believe Arsenal have one as well. And Man United are putting themselves in the same boat where they are going to stop themselves from signing major players. And as I said, they already have one in Marcus Rashford. He's elevating himself to the world elite level. He's put himself in the conversation with Kylian Mbappe. Obviously, there can be no serious comparison at the moment other than similar playing styles because Marcus Rashford has been out of form for a couple of years and he's been in form for less time than he's been out of form. But if he continues playing like this, where he looks absolutely unplayable, He'll be neck and neck with Kylian Mbappe. He'll be neck and neck with everybody in the conversation for future Ballon d'Ors. When you're looking at Vinicius Jr., Erling Haaland, Kylian Mbappe, Rashford can join those crop of players and he's not going to play for 200 grand a week, even if he's a Man United supporter, even though that's his childhood club, even though he's loved by the supporters. This salary cap isn't going to help Manchester United and that's really the the big news this week and it's concerning for me. In principle, it's good because the wages in football have got out of hand, but I don't think it's good for Manchester United moving forward. Before we break down these EFL Cup quarterfinal games, let's have a listen to what Eric Ten Hag had to say this week. You made the decision to put Marcus on the bench recently against Wolves because he'd been you know, left in the meeting and whatnot. It was a very bold and brave call given how he was playing. Um, did, you, did you ever see that as a risk that could blow up in your face if he didn't come off? Like similarly, when you got beat at Brentford, you called him in the day after and you led them on the run. Again, there were two big calls that had they not reacted in the right way could have led to problems ongoing management-wise. Did, did you ever see them as a risk or did you always think these players have got the mentality it just needs to be brought out of them and it maybe hasn't been before? Maybe it's a risk, but if you want to um, to develop something, if you want to create a winning attitude a winning culture you have to go this way in my opinion everyone is doing it his own way but if you allow them uh, to be undisciplined um, if they don't match the standards and values uh, the rules we set together as a team uh, that is staff uh, that is players dressing room and togetherness then it will come back and that will blow in your face on the pitch 
because they don't then also on the pitch they will not uh, will act in discipline what is necessary to win games uh, it's about top football so it's about big responsibilities and so in my opinion you have to go this way well, until you actually see the reaction to it though you know it's the right thing to do but until you get the right reaction you're always going to be thinking how's this going to go so you must be delighted with how the response you did get to it if it's the, if it's if it's the right person, if the right human beings, eh? so the right characters, eh? they will react like this. And um, so, and in relation to Marcos, I was quite convinced. Eh? As I know him now, uh, seven, eight months, I could expect uh, this uh, reaction he showed. Eric, where Marcus is doing so well, he's got 13 goals now. Is, is there a slight concern that the attack is becoming too reliant on him? I think Anthony's next top scorer on five goals and he's been substituting his last seven games. Do, do you feel there's a, is a, there could be more pressure on Marcus or he can handle that? You mean Anthony Martial? Is it? That, obviously, Anthony's been substituted, but, yeah, but that, that, yeah, but that is a re- has a reason. Because he can't um, match in this moment the load for many games. That's why <laughs> we are looking for uh, another striker. It's not about that we don't rely on him, but uh, his physical uh, load is not in this moment um, so high that he can uh, can play every third game, uh, every third day a game of 90 minutes so I have to manage that together with him and so we are really on a thin line in this moment um, because his um, profile but uh, the quality of Anthony Martial is so important for our match for our game um, uh, he, he's the right to uh, uh, his movements his ball security um, so he brings so so a lot for a team depressing let's not forget that um, so we need that profile uh, to be a threat and also Marcus Rashford uh, takes benefit from that um, so uh, I'm not I'm not concerned about that only Marcus Rashford scoring so many goals because I'm convinced that also other players as Martial but also today Anthony Dos Santos uh, can score also a goal and we know Bruno Fernandes is also very capable to score a goal and Christian Eriksen will create and also is capable to score a goal so we have more players who can score goals Last question Luke um, As a manager with seven wins in a row is that when you're particularly mindful or watchful of any signs of complacency creeping in. Yeah, yeah. You have to you have to be watchful for this uh, X. Um, we have to keep this focus um, and this concentration. We have to, to work well uh, during the days uh, we are we are training. Um, we have to keep the focus um, when we go to games, we have to start with the right attitude. Uh, and when you don't, because uh, we, we talked before, I think the the level in the Premier League is that high. Uh, if you are not, uh, you get hammered. Uh, if you don't bring the mental or physical uh, output, uh, you get hammered. So we have to to avoid that uh, by uh, keep working well and uh, do the right things. Thank you very much. 
So there weren't really any key points there other than the fact that Manchester United are looking for a striker in this window. We've been linked to Weghorst and I'm not really interested in Weghorst. I don't think that's the right player to bring in. Obviously, he'll be a bench player. He won't be looking at too many starts other than games such as this coming game against Charlton or possibly the upcoming game against Reading in the FA Cup. Games of that nature. But he does give you an option, as we saw in the World Cup for Holland, of a target man that can come on and and get you a goal or cause havoc if you're behind in a game or if you can't break down a defensive low block against opposition who are sitting deep with that that strategy. And um, he does give you that option. He does give you an out. But ultimately, I'm looking for a like-for-like player. I'm looking for someone that can seamlessly fit into that front line with pace. Jal Felix would have been the right signing. Again, long term, I would like Victor Usherman to come to Manchester United. I think he's ideal for what we're trying to do. I think he fits in well. I think he has the the pace that allows us to counter-attack on the break. And he has the ability to to take a half chance in a tight game as well. He's not on the level of of Erling Haaland in terms of finishing. But he's not far off. And as I said, he does provide you, I think, more options than Haaland because he can play on that counter-attack. So for me, Victor Usherman, 70, 80 million, whatever it takes, get it done. If we can't get it done in January, which we probably won't do, or we obviously won't do for that particular player because Napoli are challenging for the um, Serie A title and they're in the Champions League as well. But I think get somebody on loan that that isn't Weghorst. I would love to get Jal Felix and see how that one pans out. And then have the option of retaining Felix and signing him permanently or going for Victor Ushman in the summer if Felix doesn't work out. Although it does look like Felix may be headed to Chelsea. Felix has been quoted as apparently saying that he prefers the project at Chelsea. Well, there is no project at Chelsea. He might prefer the money at Chelsea and the, the team he plays for, Atletico Madrid, who want to get a loan fee for him. They may prefer the money that they're getting from Chelsea because Chelsea obviously are throwing their money around blindly and um, just looking to to bring in anybody. And that's kind of been their problem because Thomas Tuchel wanted players and he got them and then he got sacked. And now Graham Potter has Thomas Tuchel's players and Thomas Tuchel before had Frank Lampard's players and, and so forth. So we, we can't really talk too much about Chelsea here because this isn't... Um, bet Chelsea but at the end of the day I don't understand why why Joel Felix would be choosing Chelsea over Man United it has to be a case of money same for why he hasn't gone to Arsenal to join in in a title race and be a replacement for Gabriel Jesus so let's move on to what we're here for and that's to look at these Carabao Cup quarterfinals two games will be played on Tuesday that's when Manchester United play and two games will also be played on Wednesday. We'll begin with Man U. They're at home to Charlton, where United are the one to nine favourites. It's seventeen to two on the draw, and it's sixteen to one here on Charlton. It's really difficult to assess this game without any team news because, with that Crystal Palace fixture being added, I'm relatively certain at this point that Manchester United are heavily going to rotate. That's probably going to affect Manchester United's chemistry with six or seven changes made to this team lineup. And therefore, I am going to go for Manchester United to win the game with under four and a half goals scored. This is priced up at even money. Now, Man United have scored three or more goals in five of the last seven matches in all competitions. Charlton have done very well to get here. 
but they're a team who are ultimately 52 places behind Man United and they're even struggling in the league. They're in a struggling in League One. They, in particular, struggle away from home. Charlton have conceded three goals in four of their last six away matches. So whoever Manchester United field here, they should be able to win the game comfortably. If you're a Man United player in this current squad, Man United should have the squad depth to comfortably deal with this game, even if they do go with a front line, say, of uh, Ganacho. Anthony Martial and uh, and Jaden Sancho returning to the lineup. There has been speculation that Sancho is now ready to play. If that's the front three that they go for, then I still feel without Marcus Rashford and without Anthony De Santos playing, Manchester United should be able to comfortably win this game. They should also get it done without other players not playing in this game. If they rest Bruno, if they rest Ericsson, if they rest Casemiro, they can bring in Fred and Scott McTominay. And even these types of players will be good enough to win this game without running up the score because obviously chemistry is going to be an issue. My selection once again for this game is going to be Man United in under four and a half goals. Best price to even money plus 100, but widely available at 10 to 11 minus 110. Up next, we'll look at the other game on Tuesday. It's Newcastle at home to Leicester, where Newcastle are the four to seven favourites. It's 10 to three on the draw, and it's 21 to four here on Leicester. Newcastle are reeling after an embarrassing FA Cup exit in the third round. That's a rare loss for Newcastle. I expect them to bounce back strongly here. Newcastle recorded a 3-0 victory against this same Leicester team on Boxing Day. And uh, I fancy them to get a quick-fire double over the Foxes. Newcastle and beating the St. James Park this season. They've won six but drawn five of those games. While Leicester coming to this one having lost three of their last four matches since the return to action following the World Cup break. This is a competition where Newcastle will want to go as far as possible. They'll want to get to a Wembley final. That will really represent some strong progress for Newcastle. Newcastle have done very well this season. And a lot of people think automatically that this is going to be a, a Manchester final, that they're on a collision course. But obviously that can't happen if they play each other. And even if they avoid each other and Newcastle play either Man City or Man United this season, they haven't lost to either of them. They've played Manchester United at Old Trafford and drew 0-0. They played at home to Manchester City and they drew 3-3. They've also gone and won at Tottenham and got a draw away to Arsenal as well and only lost to Liverpool. And that was in the 98th minute of injury time. So this is a team who can compete with the big guns they're threatening this competition and if they want to get themselves into that conversation they need to be in a semi-final and in order to do that they'll need to beat Leicester and I think they'll get that done simple selection here I'm going to take Newcastle at the short price of 4-7 on the money line here in this one before we move on to Wednesday's games let me take a quick time out to tell you guys about Winbet Winbet is the official online sportsbook of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network Winbet is active in a bunch of states and there are a ton of ways to win, including live betting and same-game parlays. The NFL playoffs are here. Great promos and payouts are happening right now at Winbet. So if you're ready to play, sign up today to receive a special offer. Bet $100, get $100. Limited to state availability. There's so much to choose from. All you have to do is head over to sportsgunnelandpodcast.com slash winbet so they know we sent you. That's sportsgunnelandpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. The offer is subject to change. Terms and conditions available at winbet.com. You must be 21 or older and present in the state of for Winbet is available. If you also want to know a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. And finally, let me tell you guys about Underdog Fantasy. We're brought to you by Underdog Fantasy once again. And at Underdog Fantasy, the season never ends. Right now, you can play the fantasy football playoff best ball, the gauntlet with 
$1 million in prizes up for grabs. They also have a ton of daily games for NBA and NHL. Plus, when you use the promo code SGPN at UndogFantasy.com, you get 100% deposit match up to $100. So that's UndogFantasy.com and the promo code SGPN. Moving on with Wednesday's games. Wednesday's games will see Manchester City in action. Manchester City have been dominant in this competition over the past few years. They travel to Southampton where they are the one of five favourites to win on the money line. It's 11 to 2 on the draw and it's 12 to 1 here on Southampton. This is a ridiculously short price on Manchester City. 1 to 5 minus 500 away from home. Now, I do think Manchester City will win this game, but obviously they're unbackable in this situation at this price. So we look for some value and I've landed on Manchester City to win with both teams to score because I do think we'll see a rotated back line. We may even see a sub goalkeeper played here and um, I think that will allow Southampton to score at home. Obviously, the home crowd will be behind them here. This is a quarterfinal after all. But I think Manchester United, or Manchester City rather, will be able to get past this Southampton team who will also have to rotate some players with a relegation scrap coming ahead and a relegation scrap that will look like it will last all the way to the end of the season. This is a repeat of last season's FA Cup quarterfinal where Man City beat the Southampton team 4-1 in that game and they should once again have too much for the struggling team. Man City have been in rampant form as of late, bagging at least three goals and three of the last four victories in any competition. And you expect them to do the same once again. But three of the last five meetings between these two sides have been Man City wins with four or more goals scored. Man City come into this having won eight of the last ten in all competitions as both teams have scored in seven of Southampton's last eight matches. So we do have relatively decent data for goals and we're hoping Southampton can get one with Manchester City going through. With uh, Man City and both teams to score offering some decent value at 2 to 1 plus 200, far more value than the crazy 1 to 5 minus 500 on Man City on the money line to get through this tie on the money line. Up next, we look at our final game where Wolves are travelling to Nottingham Forest. Wolves are actually the underdogs here at 7 to 4, with Forest the favourites at 8 to 5, and it's 11 to 5 here on the draw. Forest were woeful at the weekend and uh, they didn't put any of their first team players out. They're probably looking ahead to this game as it does represent a chance to get through to the semi-final and of course the relegation scrap ahead as well. This is a tough game to call but I actually think there's value on Wolves because if Wolves can replicate their performance against Liverpool where they should have won, they're robbed by VAR or the lack of VAR not working then uh, they will easily manage to get themselves through to a semi-final, which will be a definite silver lining in what has been a poor season. It will be a silver lining for both of these two teams, in fact, because they are battling down the bottom of the EPL. Both sides were involved in high-scoring end-to-end games in the FA Cup over the weekend, and we could see more of the same here with a semi-final spot on the line. Nottingham Forest have kept just one clean sheet from five games since the World Cup, and both teams have scored in three of Wolves' last four matches as they are playing quite differently now under Lepetegu. 
Mugwe. And um, even before he came in, Wolves weren't defending well. They were managing to leak goals and haven't kept a clean sheet away from home since August. So I believe this will be a game where both teams can find the net. But I do think Wolves are alive underdog here in this one. I like the price on them on the money line. If you shop around and get a plus 200, I think there's significant value there. But I'll be taking Wolves as a pick, as a underdog here in the market. And you can get the price of even money plus 100 on that selection. This pushes if it's a draw and you win if Wolves win. Don't take Wolves to qualify because I'm a little bit scared of this game going to a penalty shootout. In which case, Nottingham Forest do have Man United's Dean Henderson in goal if he starts. And he is a penalty-saving expert. So, I'm not sure if I fancy Wolves via a shootout. If that's the only option available to you, take it. But Wolves, as a pick, is my preference. So, that's it for me and this edition of Bet MUFC. I'll be back at the weekend to look at the Manchester Derby. Until then, good luck with all of your bets as always. And thanks for listening.